What's going on? Welcome to the AM Basketball Breakdown, where we talk everything hoops early in the morning. I'm your host, Adam Miller. It's time to hit the hardwood, so let's tip off this episode. Welcome back to another episode of the AM Basketball Breakdown. I'm recording this late at night at 9.30, right before I go to bed, to kind of just recap what has been going on in the NBA with the NBA trade trade deadline ending today at 3 p.m. So let's go ahead and let's walk through things. Before we walk through things, one thing that I want to say that is important about the NBA trade deadline is that history has shown that trades can be made to take a deep playoff run. We can look back to the 2020 Miami Heat of them being able to acquire Jay Crowder and Andre Godala, two important pieces that helped push them to the NBA Finals. But yeah, it's a really important time for teams to make moves, for teams to make changes. There are a lot of things that could happen that could not happen, but I thought I would just go ahead and run through a recap of some of the trades that I thought were notable. Of course, we're going to talk about my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, and run through a number of other trades as well as go through three different categories that I have on my end. The meh, the eh, I don't know. It could go either way. Who really cares? We have two teams in that category. The winners, we have two teams in that category for the NBA trade line today. And we have two losers in the losers category today. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and just start with the recap of my favorite team, the Boston Celtics, what they were able to do um, just before the NBA trade deadline. They traded Lamar Stevens and two seconds for um, Xavier Tillman, a versatile big man from the Memphis Grizzlies that can guard multiple positions that will hopefully contribute key playoff minutes for them come playoff time. And one thing to keep in mind for Tillman, just come playoff time or even after the playoffs, the Celtics, they keep his bird rights. So in the event that he plays well at the end of this year and they want to choose to extend him, they can go ahead and sign him to an extension without falling into some of the rules from the new CBA um, with the fact that they have his bird rights and they can sign him to a long-term extension and still keep their core together. The other trade the Celtics made, they traded for Jaden Springer. They traded um, from the Sixers for him. They traded a second-round pick. Um, Springer has been an interesting player that has been on my mind just from the few 76ers games that I've watched. He is not um, a very great shooter right now, but the games that I have watched – He's exploded off the screen defensively and just athletically in general. Um, If we just go ahead and look at his college stats, he took about on average two threes a game at Tennessee, shooting about 40% and shooting 81% from the free throw line. Right now in the pros, he is at about a low 20% three-point shooter. There's a lot of room for improvement, but I think, honestly, if you look at his college numbers, I think most of the time when I'm looking at a player that is not necessarily a great outside shooter coming into the league, I will look at their 
free throw percentage. So I think over time, I feel like his three-point shooting can be improved just based on his free throw percentage. I think it's all there. And Sam Cassell is honestly a person that I trust a lot. I trust, honestly, his opinion a lot more outside of Joe Missoula. And he's someone that has honestly backed um, Jaden Springer before when Sam was in Philly under Doc's coaching staff. And Jaden Springer, he's still under contract for one more year. And going into next year, should the Celtics decide to keep him past the offseason, he has a so- higher salary contract of $4 million. So he would just be another key trade, pay- trade piece should they decide to trade him for another player. And if it works out, honestly, um, similar to Tillman, the Celtics, they have uh, Springer's bird rights and can end up extending him um, just in the future. So I think he could be a very versatile wing for them going forward that has a lot of potential athletically that hopefully you can improve his outside shooting as well. I figured I would just go ahead and just run through some trades that I have to share just before I get into the meh, the winners and the losers. All right. Um, Yeah, just some trades to share. Philly, they traded Pat Beverly to Milwaukee for campaign in a 2027 second round pick. Um, The Knicks, they traded for Boyan Bogdanovich and Alec Burks from the Pistons for Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn. Um, well, they traded, sorry, they traded Quentin Grimes, Malachi Flynn, Evan Fournier, Ryan Archie Diacono, Evan Fournier, Fournier, and two second round picks um, to the Pistons for Boyan Bogdanovich. The Pacers, they traded Buddy Heald to Philly for Furkan Korkmaz. Marcus Morris Sr. Um, and three second round picks. The three second round picks um, that the Pacers ended up acquiring. It includes Toronto's 2024 second round picks that could potentially roll into a top 40 pick, more than likely, which this draft isn't super top heavy on all-star talent, but there are a lot of quality role players that the Pacers might be able to to grab to maybe help compensate for Heald's minutes and also they just acquire extra picks that they can use for a trade down the road. Utah, they traded Kelly Olenek and Oche Agbaji to Toronto for Kira Lewis Jr., Otto Porter Jr., and a 2024 first round pick. So those are the trades kind of that I had on my mind um, that I wanted to share. I will also share um, just my brother-in-law, he had pointed out, I didn't want to necessarily share it on my podcast, but I think also like, yeah, I'd say it's an important trade. The um, Mavericks, they traded Grant Williams and some filler and picks for PJ Washington from Charlotte. I think PJ will be almost as reliable of a three-point shooter as Grant Williams is, but he also has more versatility offensively to play around Luca. All right, that's for you, Eric. All right, moving on to the next categories. We have the, again, the meh, the winners, and the losers. First off with the meh, we have the Milwaukee Bucks trading, again, like I had said before, trading for Pat Beverly, giving up campaign in a 2027 
second round pick. For me, honestly, I think in a lot of ways, um, this trade is a wash. I had pointed out in an earlier podcast, Milwaukee was just not going to have a lot available to trade for teams in order to make a move to help with their playoff run. Again, like that could all change. I would prefer them to be on the opposite side of the playoff bracket than the Celtics. I still feel fairly confident about the Celtics playing in the playoff series, but would rather avoid them until the conference finals, if at all possible. But I think they have a lot of ways to get better defensively just on the perimeter. And yeah, I'm not sure how much Pat Bev really moves the needle. I think he would put forth a lot more effort than some of their current pieces. And yeah, I think overall, I am just interested to see, honestly, how the Dame and Pat Bev relationship works on that team. They have had a lot of issues just back and forth over the years. And yeah, I'm just interested to see how it works out for Milwaukee. I'm recording this right now, and they're down by 10 at the half against the Wolves. But yeah, just interested to see how this trade ends up working out for them going forward for the rest of the year. The other trade that I had mentioned was um, the trade between the Jazz and the Raptors, a meta trade. I'm not really entirely sure who is really the winner here, who's really the loser. I think I can look at this in a couple ways. I think this trade makes sense for Utah in that they are trading away a player that they are not necessarily looking to keep long term they are trading another player a young player and uh his name is on here Oche Abaji um that they had spent a first round pick on um that honestly has not necessarily played up to his college potential and I think in a lot of ways, they're able to acquire a first-round pick for him. Um, On the Toronto side, Olenek, he's a good draw for fans. Um, In the event that he plays well, they might look to extend him. But to be honest, when I look at Toronto's team as a whole, I don't really understand how this makes sense for their timeline and also the ages that they've kind of built in already for their core just for the rebuild, you have Scotty Barnes, you have Emmanuel Quickly, you have RJ Barrett, kind of in their early 20s, at most their mid-20s, and I don't necessarily see how a player like Olenek fits into their future, but hey, what do I know? I mean, Oche Obaji, he could end up turning into a really good player, but right now it doesn't really seem like the case. All right, for the next category... Hopefully, um, when you're keeping up with these things throughout the day, hopefully at the top of your list, it should be obvious. It's the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, they were the winner of this day. You have Boyan Bogdanovich that they traded for and also Alec Burks. They traded away Evan Fournier's contract, um, Malachi Flynn and Quentin Grimes just to um, be able to make this trade. And honestly, you're adding two players. I am a little bit more concerned as a Celtics fan, but I will be more concerned going forward. I mean, I mean, I guess they can knock the Celtics out this year, but I'm thinking more in relation to 
the offseason. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, he's under contract for one more year. Um, and he also has a very tradable contract. If the Knicks would decide to trade him in the future, his contract's going to be at 19 million next year. It's going to be kind of right in the middle to where they'd be able to move him. Alec Burks is kind of honestly, you look down the Knicks roster and they have all of these very versatile wings that can shoot. I think of Josh Hart. I think of Dante DiVincenzo, DiVincenzo, and you throw in Alec Burks in there. All of them are great outside shooters, athletic, and yeah, can really shoot the ball. And yeah, just adding another player like Boyan Bogdanovich into that mix. I think it gives the Knicks a lot of interesting pieces just for the rest of the year to see if they can kind of make some noise in the playoffs. I think my one question for them, this is kind of why I had got into their potential off season. Um, and I think history has shown in the last several years that you normally need two stars in order to make a finals run or even win a championship. So it might not be this year, Honestly, if they make the right trade in the offseason, if Donovan Mitchell wants out and you have a core of Brunson, Mitchell, and a versatile athletic defensive wing like OG Ananobi, that seems more interesting to me. Um, but yeah, I think the Knicks are making really good trades. I think they are on the right path and I will just be interested to see what they do going forward. The next team that I have on the winner winners category, just of the limited trades that we had today was the 76ers. They traded for Buddy Heald. They traded away for Gon Korkmaz, Marcus Moore Sr. Just salaries able to match and then just threw in three second round picks in order to get Buddy. Um, it's another shooter to have around Embiid, and maybe you are able to extend Buddy just with his age, um, just for lesser money, just as a key piece. I mean, for next year, the Sixers would end up just having a ton of cap space next year if they decide to keep Buddy just at a limited contract or just end up keeping that cap space available if they decide to make another trade. They keep all of their future firsts and all of the firsts that they have acquired. But honestly, a lot of this move and a lot of what you're looking at the Sixers right now, just for championship content contention, it all hinges on Embiid's health for this year. Um, yeah, just a very big piece. It'll be interesting to see how he responds to the surgery and if he's back to 100% for next year. I will say this. Um, I do have them in the winners category, but I am a little confused maybe by the Jaden Springer trade to the Celtics to a rival, a player that honestly, with his age, him coming into the league at about age 18, he's age 21 right now. We still don't know a lot about him. And a lot of the players on the Celtics staff right now, they believe in him and think that he can be a versatile wing for the Celtics going forward. And the Celtics honestly got him for next to nothing. So it's really no skin off their bones, depending on 
what they're able to do with him going forward. But I think all in all, it was a really good um, trade deadline day for the Sixers. They were able to get a piece that hopefully will be able to contribute to their championship run this year. I think they probably needed another piece, but if there are certain teams that are not willing to trade or deal and will stay in mediocrity, there's not much more you can do. And I will get into this in our last category for today. First up, we have the, in the losers category, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder. A lot of people were talking about this trade that they had made for Gordon Hayward. They had traded um, Bertans, Trey Mann, and a first-round pick for him um, just to match salary and just have a player coming in this year that would provide veteran leadership, um, good offensive play. But I'll be honest, if they were looking to go for it this year and having those salaries to trade, I don't necessarily think this is the move to make. Now, you have to ask yourself, okay, are they actually wanting to go for it this year? Or are they potentially setting themselves up for more in the offseason? Because they have more picks to trade. They still have more picks available. What I would have preferred on their end, if they would have went more for a player like Lori Markinen, I don't know if the Jazz were necessarily in a position to deal yet, but with the amount of picks that the Thunder have at their disposal, I think, honestly, they could have overwhelmed them in a lot of ways. They would have been able to match the salaries and throw in a ton of picks to trade for a player like Lori. Um, but yeah, I think um, I will be interested to see what ends up happening to the Thunder in the playoffs. I don't think this is necessarily the year for them to win anyway, but again, anything can happen in the playoffs. A major player could get hurt and they could have an easier run to the finals. But I think either way, like Hayward, he's going to provide better in leadership. He's going to provide another scoring option off the bench. I think he may end up being in their closing lineup over Giddy. But I think with the way Oklahoma City wants to play, I just don't know if he's the right pick. But I think Sam Presti is looking at this more from a long-term perspective of maybe making a big trade and salvaging and using all those picks that the Oklahoma City Thunder have acquired over the years. And last, before our last team, I'm just going to take a big drink of water before we go ahead and get into the, I'll say they were in the loser category. I will put them as the number one loser of the NBA trade deadline the Chicago Bulls. All right, I got my water. I'm ready to go. Before I get into them, I mean, obviously they didn't make any trades. I'm going to wind back the clock a little bit on the Chicago Bulls. Let's flat fast. Well, let's rewind actually a few years to kind of around the time they actually the exact time they acquired Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic were very clear. They were like, we're pressing the reset button. We're going back. We don't want to be mediocre anymore. We don't want to be 
one of the borderline playoff teams or barely getting into the playoffs as a seven or eight seed. We need to reset. We need to cleanse our team and be able to plug in the right guys eventually that might be able to bring us a title. So right now, they got Paulo Bencaro. They got Franz Wagner. They have a lot of other interesting young places pieces like Jalen Suggs, Cole Anthony. I'll throw in Anthony Black in there, even though he can't shoot. But when you compare both of their situations, um, the Bulls and the Magic, let's look at their teams, to be honest. A lot of people had been calling for this Bulls rebuild for a while. And honestly, around the time the Magic made their moves, Magic, they decided to pull the plug and bought them out. And now look where they are. They're not necessarily a bona fide, oh, yeah, this is one of the five or six best teams that can win a title. But you look at them, and over the next three or five years, they're going to have one of the best duos in the league. And right now, the Bulls, they are hanging on to those same players, those same assets that they have held on to the last three years where a lot of fans, a lot of the media have been calling for them to trade them away and help gain assets to build for a future. And honestly, right now you look at their team, they're still in the same spot that they were before. And they're at a very high risk of not gaining any of those assets back and honestly, you think about their front office and how they're wanting to run things. It doesn't seem to me like they have very much self-awareness that this team can help contribute to a deep playoff run. Um, they're in no position to compete for a championship. If I was a fan of this team, I wouldn't want to be settling for general mediocrity. And realistically, they I'm not saying this would have happened, but you look at how good these last couple of draft classes have been. They could have maybe a Paulo Bencaro. They maybe could have a Victor Wimbanyama or a Brandon Miller, but we're never going to know that because they never decided to push the reset button and honestly do something that should have been done a long time ago. But yeah, that's my summary just on the NBA trade trade deadline from today. Um, I think it's a very interesting day. You have all of the Woj fans, all of the Shams fans going back and forth with each other. And it's just a very interesting day to be a fan and just look at what your favorite team may or may not do. And yeah, just to see how teams are building things for the future. But yeah, I'm interested to hear from you, anyone that listens to this. Hopefully more people listen to this. It's always fun for me in general just to talk through my thoughts just on a NBA event or NBA news. But I would love to hear your thoughts just on the NBA trade deadline, what you thought of today, what moves teams should have made, what moves teams did make that you thought were good or you can just let me know hey adam you're wrong about this 
I think this was a good move for this team. Feel free to let me know. Feel free to hit the subscribe button. Feel free to rate this podcast. That would all be great. I always love just sharing my thoughts just on what's going around, what's going on and around the NBA. And yeah, hope to be able to record more episodes like this in the future. It's always great to talk about the NBA trade deadline and just to see what moves teams are going to make in order to put themselves either in the rebuilding mode or in the championship discussion. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next time.